Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with D- Doug McCary of This Light Ministries. So happy Don't leave yet, man. you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928, or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Today is Friday, you know, a little bit of a... Open you, Forum Friday, so we'd are, love to hear you Are call. you ready to go home already <laughs> for the weekend? I mean, like, uh, kind of got the weekend hat on. It, it, was, it was a beautiful day, man. Yesterday and today, really, really nice. I almost feel like it's like that time between spring and summer where everything's nice out mm-hmm. there. Um, and so um, I, I think it's probably the same over in Mississippi and uh, up in even Virginia. It's just that time of year. And uh, so uh, go out and enjoy the weather. Put your devices down and uh, enjoy the creation out there. It's really, it's really nice. Uh, oh, but you better take some allergy meds because the <laughs> pollen might get to you. So yeah, it's uh, Friday, uh, April 29th. Next week we'll be into May mm-hmm. 2022. Crazy! It's just flying by. It gets faster all the time. And uh, you know, I. Uh, I, I've enjoyed going through Acts this week. We're gonna we're gonna kind of do a, a tie off there at the end. But uh, yesterday we had a great guest on. We had uh, Allison Hale, who is a missionary down in the Dominican Republic, and she uh, she really shared a lot about some of these women on the street down there, and you know they're rescuing people. And I hope that uh, you'll go on uh, the website and buy some jewelry. I'll give it to you again before we go to break. Um, but, uh, that, that's what they're doing. They're, they're repurposing, uh, or giving these women some different ways to bring in income for their family mm-hmm. and helping them out and teaching them about Jesus. And, uh, it's tough work. It's not easy work. And, uh, they're there. And, uh, you know, after the program, she asked about taking a group down there and doing a mission trip down there. So we might have to do that in mm-hmm. 2023. Uh, she did promise us a beach day if we went down there. It is <laughs> tropical. So uh, hope um, hope uh, that you guys will keep her in prayer and get ready for Mother's Day a week from Sunday. Be thinking about that now right. because it'll be a week from Saturday before you know it, and you're going to be like, <laughs> i got to go out and get a card. i got to go out and get a card. So, uh, uh, yeah, uh, Friday, kind of anything goes – Kind of like to keep it in line with this whole idea of um, discipleship and what we've been talking about. Paul really invested in Timothy. And, you know, Taylor, I, I kind of just went and did a little bit of research about some statistics about men and uh, youth. I, I don't know if you were able to listen to the briefing this morning. I, uh, Dr. Moeller had. Um, COVID apparently and didn't do a couple of days this week, but he was back on today. And he shared this morning uh, really some alarming uh, statistics about young people and uh, the the rise in uh, depression, the rise in uh, really uh, young people 
um, needing to be evaluated for anxiety at eight years old. Mm. I mean, that's that's third grade. I, I can remember my third grade. I can honestly say that I didn't ever think about what's going on in the world. All I wanted to know was, you know, what we were going to be playing on the playground tomorrow. <laughs> you know, what kind of kickball game are we were going to be doing. It is a very different time today. And, uh, you know, he, he highlighted there was a – it was, I guess, in the New York Times um, – a, a front page headline that said it's life or death. U.S. teenagers faith face a mental health crisis. You're in the education system. I'm sure you experience it somewhat. Uh, but um, it, it, they were just talking about kids eight years old being screened for anxiety because of the mental illness and stress that hits them at that young age. And by the time they're 13, 14, they're suicidal. And we have seen a dramatic increase, uh, you know, and it's not just COVID. It's not social media. I just think it's all of it together. But we have answers. We have hope, supposedly. And, um, you know, Paul saw Timothy as a guy he could build into to be a hope bringer to the world because it's it's got to be a perpetual thing for us. And as I was thinking about what he shared this morning, I just kind of went online and looked and saw that one out of every 10 young people, once they leave their home, completely lose their faith, With which I thought that was pretty low, actually. I thought it would be higher. But that's just people that are saying they don't no longer believe in Christianity. Four out of every 10 would still call themselves Christian, but are they? Really, are they American as Christians or are they really believers? Twenty uh, percent, two out of every ten, completely disconnect from the church, don't like the church culture, and um, even disconnect from society. And three out of ten, only three out of ten, really stay involved with some kind of community group that would be a community group of faith. Um, That's a seventy percent attrition rate, pretty much. It huh? it, it yeah. is. It is. And, um, you know, they said that most of them leave their faith when they leave high school. I mean, I know going to college, you know, you get out there, you have freedom for the first time. But uh, they've also, for the most part, gone to public school, been catechized in, you know, the world's view of the world. (laughs) Exactly. And so when they're away from the only Christian influence that they've had uh, being their families, um, and you know, maybe in church as well. But once they get away from that, it they fall away real quick because you know, eight hours a day for how many years? Twelve years in the school system. And and uh, you know, a lot of them, unfortunately, I, I would say, in our culture, this generation is probably the most biblically illiterate generation of young people. I mean. In our in our history, I mean, oh, yeah, I mean, because we've progressively gone, like you said, because the ideology that has been pushed. But the one thing that I think has happened over the years is people have been inoculated, or they they learn a Christian worldview, but they don't ever have a real relationship with Christ. Well, yeah, yeah, that, and then even their Christian worldview that they learn is is so 
cursory, right? That it's not, there's no depth to it, and obviously, if you don't have a relation with relationship with Christ, your worldview is not going to deepen uh, in a biblical way. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but yeah, that it, obviously that's the biggest thing is that there's no real relationship there. Yeah, and, and that is a, a huge problem. I mean, people they can they know all the answers in their head because they've been taught a Christian worldview. Yes, Jesus down on the cross. Or they think they or, do. Well, they, yeah. Well, yeah, they think they do. Uh, but the reality is they don't know Jesus. They know about him, but they don't know him. And unfortunately, that's true of a lot of adults in our country, too, because that's where the kids learned it from a lot of times. Uh, this you know, George Barnard does a lot of uh, surveys. He's been doing so. He's kind of like the George Gallup of the Christian world. And um, he did a survey back in uh, 2007. So this was, gosh, 14 years ago, uh, 15 years ago, uh, showed that 75% of mothers that he interviewed said faith was important, which is pretty alarming, only three out of four. But only 60% of fathers said faith was important. Yeah. Uh, and he was he was talking in this survey, he, he did a lot on why there's more women in the church than men. Read the church uh, impotent, that'll tell you. Well, well, the, well I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I understand, but the – the the surveys some of the surveys revealed that the american the average american congregation now this is not saying evangelical this is just the the average american church congregation is roughly 60% female and 40% male yeah and uh leon Poto's the church impotent i think came out in uh, 2000 really delves into that and why that is um, also talks interesting, I believe it was him, um, talks about the importance of a father being the one who is um, very invested in going to church and that if, you're, if your father goes to church that's the, and is serious about his faith, it's the highest likelihood that the children will be, regardless of kind of where the mother's at. Obviously, if the mother is going to be higher, e- even higher, but um, a father alone is the, the biggest um, factor in keeping uh, children in the faith. Well, an, uh, one factor that he found that you've, you and I have seen and talked about before is that there's a lot of churches that have no kind of male-oriented yeah. fellowship groups. Mm-hmm. They, they've kind of all gone to co-educational groups, which aren't bad for couples to go to. But, but the men, three times a year in Israel, were commanded to go to Israel to be reminded as God's leaders to, uh, you know, to, to remember what God has done and to lead and to be men. Paul says, be men, act like men. And yet the churches don't really, in our culture, have pulled away from a lot of these male-oriented fellowship groups. And you just, uh, you lack accountability because in a couples group, do you think a guy's really going to open up about struggling with pornography or struggling with lust or anything else? They don't. And and so that's one thing that Promise Keepers touched on, then it kind of went away. I think they're trying to come back now, but 
Yeah, it's just some things that as we look at Paul and Timothy when we come back and kind of recap that, we'd love to hear from you if you if you got thoughts or comments about that. Yeah, so I will give you the number to call when we come back from the break. Um, we'll be right back. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. by David Crowder. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us or if you're a regular listener, you know that Friday is generally uh, anything goes a recap of the week. Uh, We would love to have you call in and join the discussion or ask any questions that you may have. You can do so at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Hey, I said I would give that uh, website again. It's Mercy Jewelry, uh, M-E-R-C-Y-J-E-W-E-L-R-Y.org. Just go to mercyjewelry.org. Uh, any jewelry you order off there for your mom, your grandmom, your daughters will help support that ministry of, of, of women uh, who are uh, off the streets down in Dominican Republic out of uh, – the uh, prostitution business down there. They have been uh, given new identities and new hope to come and make jewelry. So it would be a great way to support that ministry and also uh, encourage them. Um, and again, there was a project called the Paloma Project. Again, they're, they're, they've built a house, and they were trying to get support for staff where these women could come live apart from where they used to live in pretty rough areas and get away from their controllers. And so uh, if you want to help them, uh, again, you can go to that website, mercyjewelry.org, and uh, and do that. So, um, you know, just talking about the men again, I want to go back. We, we've been in Acts 16, 1 through 10, where Paul goes back to Lystra and takes Timothy. And earlier in the week, we talked about how do you identify uh, and you know future leaders to invest in? 
you, you do you just pick some? Do you just look at the closest person next to you and, you know, maybe your neighborhood? And we talked about some characteristics to look for. Uh, just a reminder, Second Timothy, Paul wrote Timothy in Second Timothy 2, what you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men, not just to men, to faithful men who will be able to teach others. Paul had this vision of a perpetual, ongoing discipleship uh, that would uh, continue with each person who would then go get another. And it's the multiplication principle. And just think about it. Like, um, you know, we I, I remember when I first um, learned about this in uh, Men at the Cross, um, when we were doing discipleship and really stressing that, uh, the multiplication principle. I mean, you've heard about it in, uh, in compounding, right? I mean, like, if um, if you know one man discipled one man and then that guy discipled one and then the next one um you know and the the if you grow by addition let's say um in the first year you could read let's say every year you reach 30 people for christ that'd be amazing wouldn't it Mm-hmm. I mean, if you reached out to 30 people every year, shared the gospel, they trusted Christ, you would think that'd be amazing. For 30 years, if you reach 30 people a year, you reach 900 people. But if in that same 30 years, the first year, you discipled one person and really trained them to go reach and disciple another person, and listen, sharing the gospel is part of the discipleship. But let's say, let's say you reach two. You just made your goal for the year. You ask God, God, give me two people to share the gospel with and disciple. And then you did that. And the next year, those two went and got two. Well, that would be four for year two, eight for year three. The same thing, principle over and over. How many do you think it'd be by year thirty? I'm not a math guy. I know it's a lot, though. <laughs> Do you have any idea? You want to take a random guess? Uh, if you give me some pen and paper, I could. No, no, no. Just, just <laughs> if you started with two and you did two a year and those two did two. Uh, I don't... Just take a random guess. Not, no, I'm not going to. <laughs> One million seventy. I'm sorry. One billion seventy three thousand. Seven, I mean, it was seventy-three million seven hundred forty-one thousand at the end of year thirty. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. It it by by year twenty, you're at a million. At the tenth year, you've got a thousand disciples out there. And and it just once you hit a thousand, it just really this is you know. It's just growing by multiplication. And Paul understood that. Jesus understood that. That's why he focused on 12 guys and really built into those guys. And yet, a lot of our efforts in our country go toward mass outreach, trying to reach people with just the gospel, and then we move on instead of building into people to build into others. And so Paul says, you know, Timothy, I'm going to build into you, and he did. Timothy ended up being a leader of that church in Ephesus. But we saw some characteristics, just as a reminder, God's sovereign hand on somebody, connecting through a divine appointment or somehow 
showing you that he's moving in this person to a good reputation that they have. They, this person is not just about getting information. They're about transformation of their life. And third, being teachable. And, and Paul saw those qualities in Timothy and invested in him. He spent time clarifying the gospel and he modeled for Timothy what it meant to listen to and obey the Holy Spirit uh, when sometimes the Spirit would say, go this way, and Paul wanted to go another way, and we're going to look at that next week on the air. And so these are just really important ideas for us to consider as we consider the um, the future of our our faith. I mean, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, who's going to be the people out there sharing? Uh, If we keep going the way we're going, there's going to be nothing but women sharing. And there's nothing wrong with women sharing. But God created us men to to lead and to share. And so uh, the men need to step up. If you're out there and a man, you're a male and you're listening to this, When's the last time you discipled somebody, you spent time walking somebody through a process of, one, sharing the gospel with them, clarifying the gospel with them, helping them learn how to share with somebody else and disciple somebody else? God calls us to do that. It's just not about getting the information. And, um, you know, uh, we, we need to be we need to be good spiritual fathers to people in the sense of sharing, sharing the gospel. Like Paul said, he considered Timothy a spiritual son. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, there, there's young people out there just dying for m- older, more mature, believing men to speak into their life. And uh, I know you talked about that book, The, the Church Impotent, is that mm-hmm. what you said? I'm sure that deals with that some in there, right? I mean, that that, uh, the men have been absent. And we're going to see next week they weren't there uh, when God said, I'm going to plant my my flag in uh, Europe. Uh, We're going to move beyond. We're going to the ends of the earth, and we're going to go into Europe. There were no men there. Where were God's men? Where were the faithful followers of Yahweh that should have been there? Uh, They weren't there. And so uh, when men aren't there, you know what God does? He raises up women. Look at Deborah. Uh, look at the women over in China. Uh, there's a lot of women leaders over there because the men aren't there leading. Um, and it's not just there. It's other places too. Um, but we, we, we need to be involved in making uh, ourselves available to future leaders and uh, building into them. And that's that's really something that I, I just, I don't know that there's a lot of talk about that going on in the church as far as men leading younger men. It's, it's more about, okay, everybody needs to get in a small group, and I think small groups are good, but where's, where's the man on younger men discipleship? Where's that Paul-Timothy relationship happening? That's a good question. Yeah. yeah. It's it's just a rare thing in our culture now. Well, yeah, in the church culture. In the That's, church yeah. culture, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, I think 
men are getting discipled, our young men are getting discipled in some ways through video games or well, whatever. Well, into the well, yeah, ways and, of the world. Well, and they're also in sports. You see mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. You, you see a guy of will, of will happily take his son out and teach him how to throw a football or hit a baseball or shoot a basketball. He'll spend hours out there with him and not give five minutes to sharing God's word with him. And so what you have is a a young man growing up that cares more about sports than he does about the Lord. And I think that's a pretty prevalent thing too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as well, you know, a lot of men have been their only viable outlet for their masculine energy is through sports or through womenizing basically. And if you're a Christian, you can't, you know, you're not going to do that. So it's, it's sports. That is the outlet that, uh, you know, that's why people get passionate about it instead of, you know, there's other ways to live out your faith, uh, in a masculine way. And, you know, with a lot more consequence and that's pursuing the kingdom than, just playing sports yeah and and there's nothing wrong with sports there's nothing wrong well you did it i did it Mm -hmm. we both did it in college and um it is a good outlet Mm -hmm. but when i mean literally you will watch young dads spend hours and hours and hours with their children on a sport and five minutes with their kids uh, on a devotional or, you know, I mean, it's just uh, because it takes that amount of time to teach them how to hit a baseball or how to throw a football or how to catch a football. And yet with, with uh, the word, it takes, it takes time to make a disciple too. It takes time to understand the scriptures and to talk about that. The, for the Jewish people, they talked about it when they got up, when they went to bed. That's what Deuteronomy talks about. Uh, they were talking about Yahweh all the time. It was a part of their daily conversation. Not so much here in our country. Yep, and uh, that's something that's been going on for quite a while. And you know, we as men got to find ways to push back against that, and change yeah. it. Yeah. All right, we're up against the news break. We'll be back with more after the news. We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, D-O-U-G, at SWATradio.com. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. SWAT Radio, that was Casting Crowns with Nobody. If you were just joining us, today is Friday. Like we usually do on Fridays, we're having a recap of the week, talking about um, finding Timothy's, or if you're younger, finding a Paul 
Uh, if you would like to call in and join the discussion or if you have any questions, please do so at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. I, I, I want to share something Dawson Trotman said a long time ago. Uh, he, he was um, leader of the Navigators and uh, just a really – was it Navigators? I don't know if it was navigators or not. I said that just quickly. Um, uh, I, he was he was an amazing uh, guy um, and ended up losing his life trying to save somebody. Um, he uh, he was out on a lake, I think, and some people fell in, and he he tried to save them and uh, made the uh, ultimate sacrifice, and actually knew. Uh, that uh, told his wife earlier that day that he was going to do it. Um, but he was, um, he was an amazing man and amazing man who really um, glorified the Lord. And, uh, you know, Billy Graham actually preached at his funeral. Mm. Um, and uh, he just, um, he 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 did found the navigators. That's right. Uh, I, I don't. The navigators is huge in the military and 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 training and discipleship. And uh, it was really his heart. But he said this um, about Christians and reproducing. Um, he said, you know, people who were soul winners. That's what they called people who evangelized other people. That back then they don't call people soul winners today. <laughs> it's kind of an outdated term. But he said. You know, soul winners are not soul winners because of what they know, but because of the person they know, how well they know him, and how much they long for others to know him. Only a few things will ever keep human beings from multiplying themselves in the physical realm. One is they never are married or united with someone else, then they won't reproduce, right? Mm -hmm. Well, he said this is a truth that Christians need to grasp also in reference to spiritual reproduction. When we become a child of God, we should realize that to live in Christ is to be in union with Christ if we're going to reproduce. And, and that's a really... I think that's a really uh, challenging thought for a lot of us today because to live in union with Christ means you're walking with him, you're intimate with him. And he said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me, and out of that person is going to flow living waters, which is the Holy Spirit. It's going to overflow to other people. And so our evangelism and discipleship really is an overflow of our own love relationship with God, just like in a physical realm, a baby is a product of your love relationship, in your case, with your wife, Ari. Mm-hmm. And it, and it's a reproducing that should be happening in the spiritual realm as well. And so why isn't it happening? Why are we not reproducing believers? I mean, real believers, not just people that go to church, but people that actually are on the same wavelength as, let's say, 
um, a Paul who laid his life down or a Timothy who laid his life down or a Peter who laid his life down for Christ, people who are sacrificing, it's that I thought what he said was really impactful and uh, it's something that we should contemplate really. If I'm not reproducing, am I really in union with Christ? Am I in, in, in an intimate union with him? And so, yeah, it was, um, he was, he was great. He's really had an impact. Uh, that organization, um, that he founded called, um, navigators really has had an impact. I mean, we, my wife and I went through nav two seven and, um, when we went through nav two seven, they teach you about memorizing scripture, which every Jew would have learned to memorize they teach you about sharing your faith um uh, they teach you uh, a lot of things in those nav 27 series and a lot of the navigator training is good stuff and so um i was just i was just thinking about that i i, I found that old quote that i wrote down and just um i really that, that's a challenge and sometimes we forget those things you know you go through periods where you take in this information somebody's shared it with you and it's really impactful and it impacts you for a while and then you kind of put it away and it's it's, right. it's, it's that's why in football you practice every day right i mean mm-hmm. like when you're playing college football you were out there practicing all the time you didn't just learn okay i got it coach and you're okay you just wait till the game time <laughs> we gotta be constantly uh reminding ourselves and uh, letting the spirit remind us um of, of things that we need to be thinking about as we go to make disciples. So, yeah, I was just thinking about that. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I think there's a sense, too, where, you know, you're, uh, you're reproducing in the physical and you're reproducing in the spiritual are married, right? Like, you should be discipling your children um, to be uh, children and followers of Christ, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, that is... You could say that that's the primary place or the the first place you should be doing that. I mean, if you look at, um, you know, the qualities of an elder, right? That's that's part of it, is you know how your family is and and being faithful with that. And so I think that's something that, you know, you asked why don't we see that happening? I think that's a lot of people don't see that aspect of parenting as discipling your children into um, communion with God. Yeah, that reminds me. Let me see if I can find it real quick, um, because um, the, there was a um, story in the Bible about a man who. Um, let me see if I can pull it up uh, real quick about uh, this guy in the Bible who. Um, who have you heard? Do you remember the story of the Rechabites? Mm. Um. There, 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 it's not, it, it may not be one that just jumps off the pages into your mind because it's about a guy named, uh, Jonadab. All right. It's just not a name you're, <laughs> you, you're, you're remembering there, but Jonadab was mentioned, uh, over in, um, second Kings 10, uh, where he actually, um, uh, he partnered with Jehu in destroying the family of Ahab. Oh, okay. Okay. So this guy was a warrior, right? I mean, this was this was a man's man. 
And Jonadab was the son of Rechab, R-E-C-H-A-B. And his descendants were known as Rechabites. And God actually used his children as an example in chastising Israel, saying, you know what? Jonadab gave commands to his sons, and they obeyed him. And his commands were handed down to the next generation who did likewise. And it was about drinking wine. Mm. Uh, They refused to drink wine. Uh, If you go to Jeremiah 35, 1 through 11, and Jeremiah, God speaking through him, used the obedience of the sons of Rechab to basically rebuke the people of Judah. God blessed them because of their obedience to their father. But I just was struck by the fact that this guy had been dead and generations still honored his his request of his sons. You know, he gave his sons a command not to drink wine. He wanted them to be sober, to be of the right mind, to be ready. And, and future generations still honored that even though he was dead and gone. Yeah. I mean, that speaks to the influence that guy, how many, how many fathers today get that kind of respect and get that kind of, uh, you know, obedience from not their children or even their children's children, but their great grandchildren are still honoring something because they instructed their kids in it. I mean, that, that was a man committed to discipling his family. Yeah. And I think that also, um, obviously was someone of uh you know a a thought a vision of you know what his family should look like and be and laid it out uh in a way that his children followed him i looked him up um and you know as well as drinking wine they were wine they were also forbidden from living in cities which i found interesting so i don't (laughs) they were uh commanded to always lead a nomadic life uh apparently in what i'm reading right now obviously i gotta go and look through the Bible because I <laughs> didn't remember the story, but I thought that is you know interesting uh, to me as well. Is is eschewing comfort uh, in some instances obviously is is good. But you and, know what I'm sitting here thinking as we're talking about it. Why 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 have I never heard a message on yeah, Rechab? Yeah, I mean why have I or Jonadab? I mean why that 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 is such a good picture of a father discipling his children mm-hmm. and and building into them. Um, and, and then the children responding and honoring their father. Yeah. I mean, uh, so anyway, it was uh, that that's right out of Deuteronomy. You know, teach your children diligently these commands and talk about them day and night and bring them up, bind them as a sign. You know, that's right out of that. I mean, that 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 was the image of future generations that Dawson Trotman saw that when he was thinking about it, you know, this reproduction, Joe white, um, who, who really, um, helped me understand that, uh, idea of multiplication. And I think somewhere along the lines, we, we just have forgotten that in the church and we've become so meeting oriented Mm -hmm. instead of mission oriented. Mm Mm-hmm. And thinking, let's reproduce. Let's reproduce. So anyway, I don't know. I just thought that was a good reminder from the Bible. I like those kind of reminders where it's right there in the scripture. You yeah. Know, 
especially like little things like that that can be picked out in the like to me that I hadn't heard that before. It's like, oh wow, that's <laughs> that's pretty cool. Um, all right, we are up against the break, so stick with us. We will be back with more in just a moment. You're listening to Spot Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. That's all my hope by David Crowder. <laughs> that was at the beginning, right? I'm going to miss your humor, man. Oh, my gosh. Taylor's, uh, ta- by the way, uh, I'm hoping Taylor may come back sometimes like a fill-in on a day off. But he is, uh, he is. this is his last day in the studio. Uh, and he, is, he has been great um, in here to... Uh, just uh, share the program with and i really appreciate the time you've invested over the last couple of years and i know when we first started this year your your desire was just to learn a little bit about broadcasting to do a podcast and it ended up being something you did for two years yeah and uh and it's been fun i've enjoyed having you in here and um just going back and forth with you and your humor (laughs) And everything else, and uh, we wish you the best, and pray that uh, I would just ask that you pray for Taylor. He is uh, he is going to be serving God as a minister of justice in our community, and so uh, I know Ari would sure appreciate your prayers for his safety and uh, angels to surround him as he goes and uh, and represents the Lord in that capacity. I did that. And uh, it's a challenging world, uh, both from a safety standpoint and even just walking the walk continually because you're put in positions that uh, sometimes uh, uh, people want to compromise. And and I, I will be praying that uh, you stand firm for the king wherever you go. So. And well, I appreciate that. I've really enjoyed my time. Uh, you know, would have loved to. We've been able to continue doing that, uh, doing this here, but, you know, 
with kind of what was going on with my teaching certificate and stuff like that, it was, you know, had to make a move. And so unfortunate, but I'm going to miss, miss doing this a lot because I've really appreciated and appreciated everything that you've done for me uh, over the course of the, these past two years. Uh, if, uh, you know, he, we were actually, we were hoping that, uh, we, we'd been asking God for, uh, for a $50,000 grant so he could stay on, uh, here, uh, for the next year. But, uh, God chose to take him into the, uh, the law enforcement community to be a light there. And there's light needed there too. Yeah. And, uh, and so, but maybe on your days off sometime you can pop <laughs> back in here just for fun yeah you know? maybe uh so anyway hey you know we were talking a lot about fathers and their sons but i i want to mention real quick uh, about discipling even your daughters as a father mm. because uh i think in the old testament and i love some of the some of the uh, examples we see and again these were humans flawed uh you know these these stories in the Old Testament show us God's sovereignty, but we also see how God worked through his people. And just like with uh, Rechab and his sons, we can learn. Uh, we can learn from others as well. And I, I think of Mordecai, who was the father of uh, – he, he really was the adoptive father of Esther. And uh, her name was Hadassah before it was Esther – and it was a blended family. Here she is. She comes into this home because uh, she didn't have a father or mother. Apparently, they had passed away. And uh, she became like his daughter. And there's a lot we can learn for how he spoke into her life, how he encouraged her. And, and it says, you know, even when she became queen, so she was the queen of the land. She obeyed Mordecai like a father. She had a deep respect for him. And and that came because he, I think he built into her and trained her in the ways of the Lord. Remember what he told her? He didn't shy back even when she was queen. He said, listen, whether you choose to be obedient or not, um, that's between you and the Lord, but he's going to, he'll redeem his people, but who knows, maybe he raised you up for such a time as this. And he spoke words to her that were both exhortive and encouraging at the same time. And she was, she was an adult. She was the queen. And sometimes, uh, when our children grow older, it gets very difficult to speak into their lives. I'm sure you get this with your father. Your dad's in ministry. I'm sure, you know, he raised you, but now you you have your own family. And sometimes it's hard because as dads, we don't want to impose into our children's life, but we also want to encourage. I would say what he did was pretty challenging for Esther because he basically told her to risk her life. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty big ask, mm-hmm. wouldn't you say? Yeah. And, uh, you know, especially I think she could have hidden there, right? Like, because yeah. no one really no. appears to have known. Nobody was, nobody really knew except for Mordecai. Yeah. But he knew. Mm-hmm. And he challenged her to risk her life. And it says she obeyed him as a father. Yeah. And I, I just, I, I think that's a beautiful uh, picture there of, um, the way he cared for her and and yet the way he also exhorted her 
And that goes back to that teachability in your disciples. It, it's hard if, if if people aren't teachable, it, it's really tough to disciple them because you end up spinning your wheels and coming back to the same issues over and over. And sometimes you might have to step away from a particular relationship. Um, and that's what Paul thought he needed to do with John Mark. And ultimately, oh, he brought John Mark back. Bring him to me because he's useful. Well, I, I'm sure Paul wanted to impart some words to him before he left, before God took him off the planet. And so I hope this week's study was encouraging for you. Um, Taylor, uh, we really do wish you the best. I, I just got a text. Please tell Taylor thanks, and uh, we'll be praying for him. So uh, Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, so thank you guys for listening in uh, Mississippi and uh, Virginia and uh, – you know, we're for the next month. We will be having some uh, some guest guest uh, people in uh, Taylor Spot. Some names you know, David Gray and uh, Brad Sykes will be filling in some, and some people you won't know. Just to get some new guys in here, but I would ask uh, for y'all in the listening audience to pray. Actually, you can still pray for fifty grand to come in. So uh, and uh, to. To kind of cover a tailor for uh, a year, uh, and uh, that that would be great uh, to do that. Uh, but also pray if if not that if God just wants Taylor to be in law enforcement like He wanted Paul to go to Europe, which <laughs> we're going to look at next week. Uh, then pray that God would raise up another tailor to come in here. Uh, somebody I, I'm asking God for somebody in their 30s or 40s to come in here and uh, do this with me. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great privilege to be able every day to, to share and share with you guys out there uh, what God's Word says and to talk about it. And uh, I know we don't get a lot of calls, either because people are driving or people are listening and are afraid to call in. But when we do get calls, they've, they've been pretty good, like that college student that called the other day. So... Uh, yeah, appreciate y'all listening. Uh, Taylor, anything uh, you want to share here in the last couple of minutes, just uh, uh, over the last couple of years, maybe how you how this has been used in your life in any way? Oh, man, it's been great. Um, you know, brought me into contact with a lot of other brothers that have been able to meet and grow with and, then, you know, obviously to learn a lot as well. And then just from as far as the radio itself, like getting on the first day, like just – so nervous you know what i mean it just and then to get kind of more comfortable with it and and through that being able to really uh talk about some cool issues with you talk about things with you um from the text but also in in culture has been been awesome and, and for me it's been an outlet that is like oh man i really enjoy it you know find a place to kind of let that out that that uh desire out to to talk about things in the world was it challenging for you at first yeah, and you know Steve, uh, the produ- our, our producer here, he told me that he used to write down his intros and his his outros, and that helped so much. And once I started doing that, oh man, things started. It to just click. started flowing. Yeah, it started flowing a, a lot, and so th- that was awesome. Got to learn from him and AJ and and Tom. There's some guys here that have got years of experience, and uh, yeah, it's been. Be yeah, great but you did them. it all on your own, babe. <laughs> Best of luck to you. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, yeah uh, that was Steve, our producer, by the way. 
Um, you know, it, this, um, I, I, I wanted to bring something up. I was trying to find it, uh, in, in a book. I, I've read a book called George Mueller. We talked about, uh, called answers to prayer and, um, this, the, the principle of finding God's will, I know for you, this process has been a little frustrating, um, because like Paul wanting to go to Asia, you really, it's not that you don't like that, but the law enforcement, you, you wanted to do that. You went through JSO and all that stuff, but you, you were enjoying this here. And then God said, no, I want to take you somewhere else. And when we look for God's will, sometimes for our life, we end up, we end up trying to project our will mm-hmm. Yeah. instead of his will mm-hmm. and um I, I i i really pray that god would continue to reveal how he wants you to serve him because i see his hand on you and i see a young man who loves the lord and i pray that he would bless you and direct you and it you know my encouragement is you may be at this police place you go to for six months you may be there for three months one month you may be there for six years he'll determine how long he wants you there mm-hmm. and uh oh we got a call oh no we got one minute i, I thought we had a call anyway uh i i went to the fbi thinking i was going to be there for 20 years and retire and after three and a half years he said nope you need to you need to move so uh just know he'll be leading you trust him in the process yeah that's a big thing that i've been been learning is to be faithful and not not hold back out of here but be faithful and walking and as you walk god reveals where he wants you to go but if you're never walking you know you're never going to know where he wants you to be that's right all right that's all take us out for the last time (laughs) that's all the time we have for today you've been listening to swat radio if you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs please visit us at www.swatradio.com that's www.swatradio.com or you can listen to our podcast by searching swat radio and you can also download our swat app in the app store join us weekdays at three o'clock for more we will see you then thanks for tuning in hope you have a great weekend If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual